0: Hello and welcome to the Working Tools Masonic Podcast, where today we will be discussing myths about masonry and business.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our thoughts and opinions are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions via our website at the Podcast.com.
0: Today on The Working Tools Podcast we have myself, Very Worshipful Brother Matthew Apple, and Worshipful Brother Stephen Chung and Right Worshipful Brother Trevor McKeown from up in the Grand Lodge of British Columbia in the Yukon, and also Very Worshipful Brother David Colbeth who is uh, here with me in the, the Grand Lodge of Washington. And we're going to have a discussion about myths relating to masonry and business um it's an idea that sort of just occurred to us because the there's a there seem to be a few of them out there at least one of which is that if i if i join masonry oh i will be rich i will, all the the brothers will use me to to do whatever it is and um and that it's sort of like the was it the rotary is that the business centered club um does anybody have any you guys have any experience with uh, with that happening Act-
2: Actually, a bit of a different experience. Uh, somewhat, um, there was a. Uh, I mean, there's been guys who've joined, tried to join our lodge, and and said it, and, and they were out. Uh, they're very direct with the purpose of, you know, they're improving their business connections. And I told them, well, you know, that's kind of really the not the right reason to be joining, and consequently, they never joined. Um, but. I do know of instances where uh, one of our lodges in our district is fairly uh, well to do financially, and um, you know they've been uh, uh, left bequeathed money from from estates and things like that. And there was a brother in one end of the valley that that went up there uh, and joined that lodge as an affiliate and. Uh, tried to network his way through that lodge and uh, convince people to invest in things and uh, uh, into his business and so on and took advantage of that uh, and was later found out and uh, exposed and and dealt with. But uh, it was sad to know that it actually happened, right? Um, Got to know some of the widows and um, tried to, um, you know, get them to participate in some of his uh, adventures as well, right? You know, pretty low, pretty low um, uh, when you think about it, right? Uh,
3: I've, I've had only a couple of experiences over the years. We had one fellow, not in my, never in my lodge, but I remember there was one in my district at one time Uh, who the only time you ever saw him, he was promoting whatever his latest stock market was. Uh, And I don't know if somebody eventually told him off or what, but I suddenly stopped seeing him at district visits after about a year. So I assume that uh, this was some years ago. Um, Certainly, this is a problem we have had for centuries. Uh, because if you look at our literature and we talk about in our promotion what little promotional brochures we did or information we put out in years past, you know statements from Grand Lodge, what should a candidate know about Freemasonry, that sort of thing. And we constantly stress the fact that we're not an insurance plan, we're not a burial society, and we're not for business networking. and that, that constantly gets played out. Uh, but obviously not enough because we still get people who think that. I think a bigger problem is not so much those who think they're going to make business contact and join Freemasonry because they'll quickly be disillusioned and they'll go away. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's the fact that the general public seems to feel that we do that. Uh, I was told once that British Columbia is is, uh, mostly made up of resource towns, mining towns, fishing towns, mills, whatever, logging mills, whatever. Of uh, Some town up north, I do, do not recall which one, but I was told by a non-mason who didn't know that I was a mason at the time, that in that town, you didn't get promoted in the mill or you didn't get a bank loan or, you know, you couldn't do anything unless you were a mason. Didn't get the promotion unless you were a mason, you didn't get a job unless you were a mason. And this would have been in the 40s and 50s. So there's an off chance, actually, that there was some preferential treatment going on. Small town, people like to help out their friends. Well, Much you know, right.
2: to, to, to speak just to that exactly, um, you know, I had an experience where my uncle, who was from Alberta and worked up north on the rigs uh, as a welder uh, his entire life, right? Uh, he came and uh, lived with us and uh, rented a room off of us and uh, for a few years there. And when he initially came and found out that I was a Freemason, uh, you know, he wasn't too fond of Freemasonry. And I and I was like, well, why, you know? And and he told stories of preferential treatment on job sites where you know, guys would show up for jobs and be told there was, you know, no jobs. But then, you know, all of a sudden a guy with a ring and a handshake uh, shows up and, you know, he got work, right? Right after the other guys got turned away, like within the same day, you know. And, uh, um, you know, so I I had to – it took a while for me me to convince him that, you know, it wasn't really – Um, You know, it's not supposed to be uh, where we treat people differently, right? But I can understand, you know, that it's a brotherhood and somebody trying to help another brother out, right? He still, after years, you know, he warmed up to some of my friends that were brothers and whatnot, but still kept that opinion about Freemasonry. Did you know for a fact, though, that the fellow doing the
3: hiring was – in truth, a Mason.
2: Yeah, well, it, and it was, and it was, you know, it, he said he often observed, you know, a, ha- a handshake, and you know, uh, you know, uh, he observed the rings as well. But you know, he observed that himself, and he he thought, wow, okay. So the problem then is not so much public perception
3: is how we ourselves are behaving. We're not false. Yes,
0: yeah, yes. It's, and it's interesting. I've, I've. So while on one hand, I think that's bad that we are, we are behaving that way, you know, on the other hand, when I have uh, had a couple of real estate things happen in my life, and there's a guy who's a good friend of mine, sorry, David, there's a guy who's a good friend of mine up here who's a brother and a real estate agent, and whenever I have a question or, or thing real estate related, he's the guy I turn to, and I find myself, you know, like, it's not like I'm excluding other real estate agents deliberately but he's the one I know and I like, and we have a rapport. And so is that, what's the, there's a, there's a but, line there somewhere, but I can't, it's hard to put my finger
2: exactly. But see it. that one's a little bit different because you know him, you have a rapport, right? What my uncle was saying was strangers coming onto the job site, you know, flashing their ring and getting given a handshake and a, and they're getting the job over somebody else that was just told no. There was no work, right? So that's a, it's a little bit different, right? And then, you know, um, but it does make you think of you know what what was really portrayed in years gone by.
3: So, and I think some of our members were taught in lodge to take care of each other uh, mm-hmm. without re- recognizing that that was supposed to be a lesson they were to take out to the general public. Sure, you're going to go to a real estate like uh, a real estate agent who you know, uh, he's either gone to the same school, goes to the same church, belongs to the same lodge, is your next door neighbor, you know, kids are in place school together, networking. And so just because you've met someone through Freemasonry doesn't mean that you're going to take him your business, and it also means that you are not going to take him your business either.
0: Right. Uh, I
2: and we have a, a guy in our Lodge who is a realtor and he doesn't come. Uh, he still pays his dues, uh, but uh, he doesn't come to Lodge regular. And, you know, he's often made comment about how he was a member of our Lodge. He's been a member of our Lodge for so long, so many years. and. Never has he gotten any business out of it, but, you know, he's a member of the Rotary and he gets lots of business out of the Rotary. So he finds that to be very valuable. And so he spends more of his time there. I said, well, you know, if you spent some of your time here and got to know your brothers without a business interest uh, in the background, uh, you might see some more of those types of things because a guy would rather support a brother he knows and likes and, uh, you know, than a stranger Well, if you're not here getting to know and uh, and uh, be liked by your brother and, and then you know they're not going to know you to deal with you for business either
0: and yeah right. there's a and there's a point there where so if i go to a one of the other things is you hear people say well you know he cut you a deal like you're, you know you had your roof redone and you got it done for cheap because the, the guy who owns the company is a mason and if i were if i were in that situation i would not expect the guy to Uh, you know, make me an outrageous deal just because we're, we're both masons, but I would expect him to observe the tenets of masonry and conduct himself in a manner that, you know, you hear horror stories of, 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 uh, of, uh, contractors or whoever that, you know, leave jobs half done and shoddy work and et cetera. And I would expect a brother not to do that to anyone. Ergo, I would, I would trust him with my business before, Maybe not before another person, but you know i would I would start with that baseline.
2: Yeah. well, you know you're you're trusting that because he's a brother, he's gonna do right by you. period. And right. even and, if I were not a mason, I would expect him to do right by me. Right. you know that's the that's the he is one.
1: That's the rub. It, it, you, you expect professionalism and accurate work and on time and non budget work from anybody, whether it's the grocery clerk or whether it's the contractor. And so that's what I have a difficulty. I am a real estate broker. And so it is difficult that I, when I have a mason I work with, when I'm trying to explain to them, I already give a very high level of care to all of my clients. And of course, I still follow the tenets of masonry. So it's for me, it's a double a double whammy when I'm working with a Mason, it's a it's a really a no brainer. It shouldn't be a no brainer, but I give that same level of care, high level of care to all my clients. Uh, and in, in, I don't want to go into real estate, but the, w- one of the things that prompted me to, to think about this topic too, was an article I found why you shouldn't be a Freemason. I don't know if you've ever seen that or not. If you Google why you shouldn't be a Freemason, uh, it's by a brother, Matt Gallagher out of Braden Lodge, number One Sixty Eight, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And he has a, a brochure, essentially a whole, whole post that he did on, you know, if you're looking for business contacts, I'm going to shorten this. If you're looking for business contacts, you should join the Rotary club and he gives a link to the Rotary club. And if you're looking for a place to serve pancakes, you know, there's wild masons do do a lot of pancakes. uh, uh, You join the lions club. And really I'm a member of lions club. If you're looking for social, for service, community service is really what that should be, but not just pancakes. And he said, if you're looking for a social club, you might want to look at the Elks. And you know, if you believe Freemasonry is a secret cabal or a New World Order, then you probably want to join this guy with the conspiracy theory, Jesse Ventura. But <laughs> uh, but it was a, it's a really neat little article that he posted. He's given me rights to reproduce it, and so if you want to, it's it's on. He moved it from his original website on Braden's Lodge to PracticalFreemasonry.com. A little plug for his website, PracticalFreemasonry.com. I'll I'll post a link in the show notes about it, but it's a really good article. And if, if you want to have something to give to somebody, if somebody's coming, like your friend, that's a real estate agent, that's not visiting your lodge, you know, maybe maybe they should have this, and maybe it should be included in a six steps packet to give to somebody. And I think we do that in our six steps. One of the 12 questions you ask, or 15 questions you ask, is that, hey, do you understand that there's no advancement or business gain from this process? Uh, but it might be good. There, I've heard of some lodges, if they don't have any leadership experience or any other uh, things that they can prove that they, you know, maybe they should go and join Rotary or go and join Lions Club or join Elks, move up in the ranks, get some opportunity to develop themselves as a speaker or as a officer or other areas, then come back to Freemasonry. That was interesting.
0: Yeah, it's and so the other side of this coin for, for interesting in between business and masonry also is that there are people who make things for masons and there are some masons who get really grumpy about the fact that they charge for it or that they charge enough for it that they, you know, make a profit on, on this, you know, they're making whatever, you know, books or, or baseball hats or belt buckles or whatever, and they're selling them to masons and you know how come you're making?
1: Masonic pro- <laughs> like how,
0: <laughs> how come you're making a profit on this? You're profiting off of masonry. And I, I at some point why would someone bother making a book or a belt buckle or whatever if they're not making some money off of it, to, you know? It's not just a if that's your business, that's your business.
3: The purpose of being in business is to make a profit. That's that's literally the bottom line.
1: The gray area for me was the approval. of Our code, constitutions, and code indicate that you're supposed to get approval from the Grand Master for everything you do that has a square and compass on it. And so, as a business owner, do you have to get everything approved that you resell? It's not produce? exactly what it says.
0: I, I no, I I, it's I understand.
3: I, it's, it's... I would be curious to know what it does say. You have been in front of you.
0: I, I, I'll see if I can I can word search it in, in a in here be,
3: because. Uh, if you're not a Mason, there in the business world, you're under absolutely no constraints. Absolutely, exactly. encompasses on everything and sell it to us. Absolutely. Uh, so for us to somehow restrain trade. <laughs> on the Only, only Freemasons,
1: yeah. Only if you're a Mason. For example, if I wanted to start making scarves or something that had a square and compass on it, officially by the code, it says that I'm supposed to get approval for that I believe and as a simple example we had some aprons that we had purchased and I was adorning them they were just simple white aprons I was adorning them with a a white uh, fabric I have an embroidery machine and putting a square and compass on the apron and I was not going to charge anything for them. I was going to give them to the lodge well one of our past masters stood and said did you get the grandmaster's approval for that I thought really? And so I did. I inquired with the Grandmaster and he said, well, you have to send me all the, the designs and ideas and variations. And I thought, well, that could be a couple of different variations. I'm just not going to bother with it. So the whole idea went down the tubes because I didn't want to mess with having to get approval and all that. I, just putting a simple square and compass on there should have been okay.
3: So, so our constitution in British Columbia and Yukon, not the Yukon, by the way, Clearly states that uh, the square encompasses has been registered uh, by the Grand Lodge of Ontario, uh, Grand Lodge of Canada and the province of Ontario, for the free and unfettered use of all grand jurisdictions in Canada and for the individual non-commercial use of individual members. You want to embroider it on on your sweater or put it on your business card, not your corporate business card, but your personal business card. Constitution of B.C. allows that. Ah.
1: We need that language. <laughs> Go, Matt. Sounds like you got it.
0: Well, I do. You. The problem is it's like a page and a half long. Um, <laughs> That's it's a, yeah, it's a Masonic offense to display the emblem on a place of business or in conjunction with business, in conjunction with private business or insurance or other enterprises to solicit patronage, uh, to accept employment with solicit any persons violating the provisions of this section. Um, permit the printing of Masonic books, journals, or periodicals uh, using the word Mason, um, which are prohibited. Which, which, oh my goodness! It seems so. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to cut this well, off. My interpretation <laughs> is, yeah, exactly. It's 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 several sections long here. My interpretation, having read this before, was that if you're if you're selling T-shirts or whatever, selling embroidered shirts, that you're fine as long as you're not using that as your, you know. Patronize me because I'm a Mason kind of thing, but that was my interpretation. And again, it's longer than I have time to read right now. We
3: should be able to in both our jurisdictions simplify it down to the fact that we can put it on anything we personally want, but we can't use it to promote our business. If our business is selling Masonic stuff, um, well, don't put it in your own corporate logo. <laughs>
0: like there's a there's a roofing company down the street from my house here and they put the little they have a little christian fish on all their trucks and they're they're that's their their thing is they're a christian company or whatever and that's fine for them but as a mason no (laughs) but if you want to if you want to sell trucks that have square compasses on them (laughs) i'm not sure where that my analogy broke down there but yeah it's
3: a little, but it certainly looks like your constitution could do a rewrite on that one. Ours, I, I'm trying to think. Yes, it does say for no commercial use. I can't remember the exact phrasing though. But then I know it's only a little tiny section though. We, we get to the point real fast. The um, pro- problem is if a non Mincent is using it, and there's at least three tattoo parlors in the Lower Mainland that incorporated it into their logo. Uh, and a number of other companies. It was a, it was a computer company that briefly used it. Uh, a couple of drafting companies, and it's a little harder to tell them that they shouldn't be using. It. But they're non-masons, so other than the courts, we really have no recourse. Um, so we, we luckily we we haven't had to go. We haven't we haven't gone under after anyone so far. I hate to think what it might cost because I'm not even sure at this point. Even though we registered it in in Ontario for Canada, in the states, each state has to to register it on their own. And I understand that only a little more than half of the states have gotten around to it. Uh, At this point, it would be a whole lot harder to defend our exclusive use in court. A hundred years ago, 150 years ago, we have all kinds of court cases where the judge said, well, that's obviously Freemasons. No, you can't put that on your beer bottle or on your patent medicine. Law isn't necessarily going to allow that anymore.
1: So that, that's, I but, don't mean to extend this, but that was a, that's a great example. I forgot about it. One of our lodges, I won't name their name, but they brew beer and they put a square and compass. The the A in their name of their lodge, they had used the a square and compass symbol as the A, and they were not allowed to continue that.
3: But if it hadn't been a lodge, they currently could have
1: they weren't selling it they weren't selling it it was just for their personal it was only for their personal consumption it wasn't for sale it was
3: just yeah i don't know yeah
1: so
3: it had nothing to do with trademark law it just had to do with the constitution yeah but you don't call it the constitution what do you call your
0: code washington Washington masonic code yeah so it seems like we're we're slowing down our discussion of uh business and masonry does anybody else have any
2: other thoughts or any other exciting myth bits? Uh, I'm just glad that we have the verbiage that we do here in BC and uh, Yukon because I put that logo on everything that I possibly can, including my taillights, <clears throat> all of my lodge business cards, our banquet cards, everything. And that, it's everywhere, right? Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's ni- nice not to have to ask for permission. All right. And on that note, on behalf of uh, Trevor and Stephen
0: and David and myself, thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the Working Tools Masonic Podcast. Goodbye.